Al-Bayan Radio presents the following lesson from Masjid Al-Azhar, Bilmo. A'udhu billahi minash shaytan ar-rajim. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Wassalatu wassalamu ala rasulillah. Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'een. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you all for your attendance. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala just as he united us here, my dear brothers, to unite us insha'Allah in Jannah, in Al-Firdaus Al-A'la. I'll quickly get into it insha'Allah because brothers, alhamdulillah, the topics are vast and the time is limited. Because of that respected brothers, I will be mentioning within my talk multiple snippets of ahadith and ayat that you would have heard of before or you would have read. Respected brothers, these ahadith you would find Collected in the books of the Sunnah and the Quranic verses are known. Now today, brothers, Alhamdulillah, we are united here to talk about the reckoning, the sa'ah, the establishment of the hour, as well as the abode, paradise or hell. May Allah Azza wa Jal make us of the people of paradise. Quickly, brothers, we know about the death, we know about the grave, we know about the trials and tribulations of the grave, we know about the signs of the hour, the minor, the major, we hear them, we contemplate them, we comprehend them, the hour, my brothers, is a thing if one was to really comprehend, at that point he may begin to lose sanity. I will speak in sequence of events, and remember I'll be snippeting from the ahadith because the time is short and the time is limited, and our beloved brothers will be doing the same. Brothers, when Allah Azza wa Jal speaks about the hour, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions it in different names. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala calls it al-qari'ah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala calls it al-sa'ah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala calls it yawm al-hajr. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala calls it multiple things. Due to its importance, the mufassirun say. Why is it so important? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, it's shay'un azim. it is something great. And what happens on that day? We all know an hour will be established. We all know, alright, it is the end of times. But what happens? How does the end of times take place? Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu mentions in the, in the hadith, and this hadith is collected in Sunan, in the Sunan of Abi, 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 uh, Abi Dawood. It's in uh, the Sahih of Ibn Habban. Brothers, the hadith, wallahi, is scary. When the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam mentions the establishment of the hour. How is the hour established? Quick, hand up. Someone, there's a thousand people here. The trumpet is blown. Israfil alayhi salam. And you've all heard this. But it's a reminder, Israfil alayhi salam. 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala appointed him with his task. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says in the hadith that his mouth has been on the trumpet waiting for the command of Allah azza wa jal. Such a task, an angel appointed for this one task. An angel in its, compl- in its completion appointed for one task, to blow this horn. And the hadith mentions his eyes are fixed on the throne of Allah. Fearing out of fear he misses the command. And this command will come. And remember brothers, we're not talking about the signs before. We're talking about the reckoning. The command will come. And he will blow into this trumpet, into this horn. Into this trumpet. What happens? When he blows. What takes account? What are the sequence of events? This horn is now blown. This trumpet is blown. What is to come? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala summarizes it in one verse. When the trumpet is blown, everyone, everything, in the heavens and the earth will cease, will die. Illa man Allah. Except whom Allah Azza wa Jal wishes to remain. Now listen, brothers. When this trumpet is blown, what does it bring out? Tell me, interact. Sound. What does sound do? It travels. Sound travels. When the trumpet is blown, my dear brothers, my dear brothers, the, had- the hadith mentions the first to hear this trumpet, Rajulun, a man who's around his flock of camels, who's with his camels, he hears the sound. <laughs> then the sound begins to travel. Then people yatabaya'un, people selling, buying and selling in there. Because brothers, the hour is established, the hour comes as a surprise. The hour comes on a Friday, but at a time where people have forgotten about the hour. The people will say, ma laha, ma laha, as mentioned in the Quran. What's going on? What's happening? The woman who's pregnant, my brothers and sisters, will to that sound, and she will die. Is it a heavy enough, heavy, is it a big sound? Is it heavy enough yet? Mountains will crumble. Volcanoes will erupt. Fire would emerge from the lands. The sun, the moon, all of the planets will come crashing down. When you were to look up into the sky, now when you look up into the heavens, what do you see? You see, it's as if it's a single ceiling, huh? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran that it will become wardatan kaddihan. فَإِذَا شَقَّتِ السَّمَاءُ فَكَانَتْ وَرْدَةً كَدِّهَانِ 
You will see on that day, the heaven, the sky becomes pieces, broken pieces. And it will be wardatan kaddihan. It will be like a reddish, like a dark reddish color. And it will be, يعني, it will have like a, like a fatty complexion. The heavens come crashing down. Buildings crumble, brothers. Buildings crumble. Imagine the earth begins to eat itself. When the planets come crashing down, brothers, they crash and they pierce through the earth. All of this, why? When Allah Ta'ala mentions that it is something great, it is shay'un azim. This is why. This is why. Everything will die, my brothers. Everything will cease, illa man Allah. Except whom Allah Azza wa Jal wishes to remain. Is it a scary day? Is it, wallahi, it's a scary day. Wallahi, brothers, angels, the humans, the animals, the from the humans, the good, brothers, wallahi, it is a scary day. Everything will die, everything will perish. Except whom Allah Azza wa Jal willed to remain. So, the angel of death will go to Allah Azza wa Jal and say to him, as it's mentioned, he will say, O oh Allah, Everyone on earth, everyone in the heavens and everyone in the earth has died, has ceased. Except for Jibreel, Mikael, Israfil, and the angel of death himself, and the carriers of the throne of Allah Azza wa Jal. Everyone else, brothers, is gone. Everything else is gone. The earth is in turmoil. The heavens have the, 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 the heavens have come down crashing. Everything else is at a seas. Yani is gone. This will happen. This is not a fairy tale. This is not a story that you listen to, brother, and you say to yourself, Ah, oh, subhanAllah, that's scary. Brothers, is there no space at the back? Brothers, please move forward again. Today you're sitting on each other. As much as you can, Jazakumullah khairan. Now, brothers, this is the first blow. How many blows are there? Three, yeah? Three blows? Where'd you get that from? How many? Two. The first one is known as the blow of destruction. The blow of destruction. Then the second one. Now, before we get to that, wallah, the time is very limited. Brothers, bear with me. Huh? Now that these angels remain, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, let's cut it short. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala orders him to take the souls of the angels and the souls of the angels will be taken and they will also die then Allah Ta'ala will command for the angel of death to die, death to die 
and he will die. And Allah Azza wa Jal remains alone. Everything perishes except for him. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. He is the first and the last. Everything perishes, everything dies. The heavens and the earth have crumbled. The humans and the jinn and the angels have all gone, except for Allah. Now, between that and the second blow of the trumpet, my brothers, are 40. 40 what? 40 what? Allahu A'lam. 40 days, 40 months, 40 years, Allahu A'lam. All we know is they are 40. Between that and the second blow are 40. Then Allah Azza wa Jal will send down a rain. He will send down water. It's thick in, يعني, thick in texture. And Allah Ta'ala will order for Israfil to live. And he will live. And he will again blow into the trumpet. That's the second time. Huh? There's no more. That's it. Don't go like waiting for a third one because there's none. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, my brothers, mentions this in the Quran. Tayyib, we spoke about the state of the first blow and how everyone shall perish. All right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, ثُمَّ نُفِخَ فِيهِ أُخْرَى فَإِذَا هُمْ قِيَامٌ يَنْظُرُونَ then the trumpet will be blown into again another time. And then they will be standing. They will be standing. Life will come back into every single one of us. Life will come back to every single creation, my brothers. From the time of Adam, from the ints, to the last one of them. From the time before that, from the jinn, to the last one of them. From the angels, the first of them to the last of them. Every single one will live again. They will be standing upright. Lost. Staring. Waiting for something. Naked. Barefoot. Uncircumcised. Aisha radiallahu anha stops the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as he's mentioning this. And she says, O messenger of Allah. Look at the purity of Aisha radiallahu anha. Then you have some people claiming she was impure. Aisha radiallahu anha, my brothers. She says, O oh, messenger of Allah. Can you imagine the Prophet talking about this? And then she stops and says, O oh, messenger of Allah. Naked in front of one another. Men and women can see one another. Yani, subhanAllah, can you imagine that, brother? You can't imagine it, can you? Well, imagine it because it's going to happen. She said, Oh, Messenger of Allah, men and women naked standing in front of one another. He said, Oh, Aisha, the day is much more greater than that. The day is much more greater than that. Huh? Sometimes, subhanAllah, you'd see people. If their house is on fire, or there's a there's a you know burglar in their home, 
They'd run out of the house naked. They don't care. Imagine on that day. Subhanallah. Few more minutes and we'll end. Dear brothers, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also mentions that they will come out of their graves because when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when the second blow is done, all the souls return to the bodies. And brothers, yani, wallahi, there's so much more to mention, but the time is very short. And put, keep this in mind for when our other brothers, inshallah, are also gonna yani, discuss this, talk about their topics. But brothers, I'll end with this. Subhanallah. On that day, my brothers, that day, don't think it's 24 hours, huh? You get up at 10 o'clock, you go get a manusha, you go get a veed. No. On that day, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the Quran, He says, Yawmun kana miqdaruhu khamsina alfa sana. How long? Ya mu'ayyad? 50,000 years. So long that the people become fed up. They become fed up, khalas, they start going to Adam, then they go to Nuh, then they go, then they go to Musa, then they go to Isa, until they get to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam goes to Allah azza wa jal, and he prostrates, this is your Prophet, my dear brother, this is your Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam, who left his dua for this day, and he doesn't go to Allah azza wa jal, because every single Prophet was scared. Allah Azza wa Jal is angry like he's never been angry before. I do not know what will happen to me. Go to the one after me. Messengers and prophets. Imagine. Can you imagine Isa alayhi salam telling you, I can't do nothing. So you go, so we go to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And the Prophet prostrates to Allah Azza wa Jal. And Allah tells him, Ya Muhammad irfa ra'sak. O oh Muhammad, lift your head up and ask and you will be given. What does he ask for? Oh Allah, Jannah. Oh Allah, give me Jannah. Oh Allah, enter me into Jannah. Oh Allah, my Ummah. He's asking about you, my brother. When's the last time you asked about him? Not to be rude. Yani, brothers, this is not directed at anyone. Look at the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam's worry. And our worry when we want to apply a sunnah, what if my dad says this? What if my uncles say this? What are people going to look at me? And then he, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, is told by Allah azza wa jal that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not disappoint him regarding his ummah. Now, brothers, we'll end with this, inshallah. On that day, brothers, not everyone's chilling, kicking back the way everyone is. No. Some people will be sweating. Some people will be drowning in their sweat. Some people will get up, walk, drop on their faces. As Allah Ta'ala says, gets up, walk, boom, falls on their face. People huh, will be walking in darkness. People will have light. Some of their light will illuminate the horizon. Some of their light will only illuminate them. People are in different categories, brothers, according to their a'mal. The one who consumed riba, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Qur'an, 
he is resurrected as if by someone as if he's just copped a hiding from the shaitan. يَتَخَبَّتْهُ الشَّيْطَانُ مِنَ الْمَسِّ Allah Ta'ala says about الَّذِينَ يَأْكُلُونَ riba. They are resurrected on the day of resurrection. It's as if the one has been bombarded by shaitan min al-mas. So brothers, on that day, there are different levels due to the actions. It's not just Jannah and Jahannam. On that day, my brothers, your actions will take account and your actions will actually what? They will either be for you and if they're bad, against you. Brothers, the time is restricted. Jazakumullahu khairan. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you all. And wallahi brothers, it's a great blessing to see you all. I'll now pass it on inshallah to our dear beloved Shaykh, Shaykh Khalid. And he'll inshallah be talking about Jahannam. Jazakumullahu khairan. Wa sallallahu wa sallam wa barik ala Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbi ajma'in. Walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Bismillah walhamdulillah wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala. Indeed all praise is due to the almighty Allah. We seek his aid and his assistance and we ask for his forgiveness. Whomsoever Allah Azza wa Jal guides, there is no misguidance for this individual. And whomsoever he subhanahu wa ta'ala misguides, there is no guidance for this individual. We seek refuge in Allah from the evil of our actions and from the evil of our souls. And we bear witness, testify and proclaim that there is no deity worthy of worship in truth except Allah Azza wa Jal. And that the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is his perfect slave and messenger. Our brothers, there's some room at the back for whoever's getting any pins and needles and stuff like that, yani. There's some room at the back for whoever would like to go, insha'Allah ta'ala, and uh, stretch their feet out or stretch out and things like that. And whoever wants to stand up, yani, and stretch, there's no problem with that as well, insha'Allah. Brothers, in a day and age where so much emphasis is put on the positives and things like this, Oh, actually, can brothers just come up a little bit from the back? The brothers at the front, there is no room, I think. But the brothers at the back, there's a fair bit of room at the back, yani. They can easily put themselves in, insha'Allah ta'ala. I don't think the brothers at the front can, uh, can move anymore. Okay, I can't really come closer to the mic. <laughs> is that what you're saying? I, can't, I need my glasses, but yani, I can't really come closer than that. <laughs> uh, brothers, as we mentioned, yani, in a day and age where so much emphasis is placed... Uh, on the positives of the hereafter, on what Allah Azza wa Jal prepared for the believers and the good doers in the hereafter, it's also vital and imperative that we don't forget the other side. We don't forget the punishments which Allah Azza wa Jal prepared. We don't forget the terror. We don't forget the horror, as you just heard of the day of resurrection and the likes. Yani, no doubt, everybody loves to hear about Jannah and that which Allah Azza wa Jal prepared for the believers in Jannah. No doubt everybody loves to hear about the boys going around serving what they serve, about the palaces, the fruits, the food, the drinks, the women of Jannah. No doubt everybody loves to hear about accompanying the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in Jannah. And no doubt everybody loves to hear that which is greater than all of that put together and that is seeing Allah Azza wa Jal in Jannah. The greatest thing in Jannah is to see the Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, our creator, our sustainer, our provider. But on the other side, my brothers, we must not forget what Allah Azza wa Jal has prepared for the disbelievers and the oppressors, the polytheists, the disbelievers and things like this. This was the da'wah of the prophets and the messengers. Targhib and tarheeb. 
They would not only come with that fairy floss da'wah that everybody loves to hear in regards to Jannah, in regards to what Allah has prepared in Jannah and the likes, but rather they would balance it out and they would mention the hellfire. Inni akhafu alaykum adhaba yawmin azim. And inni akhafu alaykum adhaba yawmin alim. Indeed, they will tell their people, indeed, I fear for you all. I fear for you all the punishment of a terrible day, a grand day. And I fear for you all the punishment, a painful punishment from Allah Azza wa Jal so much that we just heard of the day of resurrection. Allah Azza wa Jal, he says, Ya nasu taqu rabbakum. O mankind, fear your Lord. Inna zalzalata sa'ati shay'un azim. Indeed, the earthquake, the shaking of the hour is a great thing. So great that Allah Azza wa Jal mentioned some of the horrors. يَوْمَ تَرَوْنَهَا تَذْهَلُ كُلُّ مُرْضِعَةٍ عَمَّا أَرْضَعَتْ That day you will see every nursing lady, every breastfeeding lady, she will forget the one she was breastfeeding. A mother, yani forgetting her son, her daughter, the infant that she breastfeeds. And then Allah Azza wa Jal, he says, وَتَضَعُ كُلُّ ذَاتِ حَمْلٍ حَمْلَهَا And the lady that was pregnant, she will drop her load as you just heard. وَتَرَى النَّاسَ سُكَارَ وَمَا هُمْ بِسُكَارَ وَلَكِنَّ عَذَابَ اللَّهِ شَدِيدٌ And you will see the people as if they are drunk, as if they are intoxicated. But they are not intoxicated, Allah Azza wa Jal, he says. But rather the punishment of Allah is great. Allah mentions it is a day that will cause the children, the children to go grey-haired. This is a great day. This was the da'wah of the prophets and the messengers. Yes, they used to call to Jannah and what was in Jannah, but they used to call against the hellfire and that which Allah prepared for those disbelievers. And my brothers, it is imperative to understand this hellfire and a bit of information about this hellfire. And as was mentioned earlier as well, that wallahi, if we wanted to go into the details of the topics, every single speaker today would not just need a lesson or two, would need lessons, would need series about what occurs in the hereafter from the day of resurrection, from Jannah, from the hellfire and the likes. So it is very important to understand what Allah has prepared for those wrongdoers so that we may stay away from these things. Allah Azza wa Jal refers to the fire as having 19 gatekeepers or keepers or guardians over it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created Jannah and he has created Jahannam. They are there now, they are present now. Allah Azza wa Jal says, عَلَيْهَا تِسْعَةَ عَشَرَ Upon the fire is 19, 19 angels, 19 main guardians. Abu Jahl, which is the norm of the kafar. The norm of the disbelievers mocking at the religion and the likes and the hypocrites mocking at the deen. Abu Jahl, he says, Ana akfikum ashar wa antum That I'll take care of 17. Yani that I'll take care of 17 of these angels and you take care of two for me. But is this really the case? Imagine this individual Abu Jahl when Allah Azza wa Jal, when the soul of Abu Jahl came out. Do you think he'll be saying what he said of mockery? Absolutely not. Do you think that it's easy to take on just one angel? Just one angel. And the, the hellfire does not even need guardians. Does not even need these angels over them. But Allah has placed them there to give the disbelievers, the hypocrites, the wrongdoers, the criminals, the oppressors, many different forms of torture. Many different forms of torture. 
One angel, my brothers, is a great creation of Allah Azza wa Jal. On the day of Badr, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He sent down the angels to defend the believers, to, be, to uh, help the believers against the kafar. Thousands upon thousands of angels. The believers, the sahaba, some of them would say, we would see heads being ripped off bodies, but we would not see anyone around them. We would see heads of the kafar being ripped off the bodies, but we would not see anyone around them. As Allah Azza wa Jal says, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu, O you who believe, Qu anfusakum wa ahlikum nara, protect yourselves and protect your families from the fire. Alayha malaikatun ghiladun shidad, la ya'asun allaha ma amarahum, wa yaf'aluna ma yu'maroon. Upon this hellfire is angels which are staunch, which are stern. They do not disobey Allah in that which He commands, but rather they fulfill that which He commands them to do. My brothers, on the day of resurrection, as we know, the hellfire will be brought. Because we all know and we've all heard the narrations. But wallahi, the reminder, my brothers, benefits the believers. The hellfire will be brought because it is not just a pit. It is not just a stagnant object, a stagnant creation. Rather, this hellfire is so hot that Allah Azza wa Jal, or that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he told us how the hellfire itself complained to Allah that some of its parts were eating others. The hellfire complained of itself or about itself. That is why the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he says, Yu'ta yawma idhin bi jahannam, that on the day of resurrection, jahannam will come. The day of resurrection, jahannam will be brought. Laha sab'una alfa zimam. The honor is 70,000 reigns. Ma'akulli zimanin. Ma'akulli ziman sab'una alfa malak yajurunaha. That upon every single reign, there is 70,000 angels holding it back. 70,000 dragging the hellfire back. And dragging the hellfire to where Allah Azza wa Jal wants it to go. This is because the hellfire is not a pit. The hellfire is not a stagnant being. But rather the hellfire is an raging, roaring, enraged, furious creation. Which Allah Azza wa Jal mentions in Surah Qaf. يَوْمَ نَقُولُ لِجَهَنَّمَ هَلِمْتَلَأْتْ On the day that we will say to the hellfire, Are you fool? Are you fool yet? And what would its reply be? يَوْمَ نَقُولُ لِجَهَنَّمَ هَلِمْتَ لَأْتِي وَتَقُولُ هَلْ مِنْ مَزِيدٍ And it will say, is there any more? Some of the mufassirun, some of the ulama involved in tafsir and explaining the Qur'an, they said it will say, is there any more? Meaning, bring them on. Bring them, Ya Allah. Bring them to me. Place them inside me. Is there any more for you to, for you to bring inside Allahu Akbar, يعني, this is the hellfire, my brothers. Something which Allah Azza wa Jal told us to fee and to fee for a reason. This is why, and I don't want to take too long likewise, but this is why the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he says, لَوْ رَأَيْتُمْ أَوْ لَوْ تَعْلَمُونَ مَا أَعْلَمْ If you but knew, or if you knew what I knew, لَضَحِكْتُمْ قَلِيلًا وَلَا بَكَيْتُمْ كَثِيرًا You would have laughed little. But you would have cried Allah. And in one narration, Wallahi law ta'lamuna ma a'lam by Allah. This is the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, my brother's making an oath. And he does not need to make an oath. And he only makes an oath upon that which is very serious. 
He says, Wallahi, by Allah, if you knew what I know, you would not or you would have laughed little and cried Allah. You would not even want to enjoy your wives on the beds. And you would have went out. Some ulama, they said, went out to the roads. Some ulama, they said, you would have went out to the deserts, the open spaces, making dua to Allah Azza wa Jal. Why? If we knew what he knew. That's why Ibn Hajar, he says, rahimahullah, explaining this narration, if you knew what I know, meaning if you knew what I know of death, and if you knew what I know of the soul coming out, and if you knew what I know of the punishment of the grave, and if you knew what I know of the horrors of the day of resurrection as you just heard, and if you knew what I know of what is to come in the hellfire, my brothers, we would have laughed little, and we would be crying much, wallahi. And the hellfire on the day of resurrection, now that it's brought with those 70,000 rains, every rain or on each rain is 70,000 angels. Allah Azza wa Jal makes mention in Surah Zumar, when the believers will go to paradise, he says, And those who feed Allah and believed in Allah, they will be taken to paradise. They will be taken to paradise until when they come in front of it, Allah mentions and its doors are open and Allah mentions the wow here for those who have any idea yani in Arabic letters and the likes very simple Arabic Allah mentions that letter wow and its doors will be open but when it comes to the disbelievers Allah Azza wa Jal he says that those who disbelieve they will be taken they will be taken they will be pushed towards the hellfire until when they get to it Allah does not mention this wow like he did for the believers Allah says, Futihat abwabuha. It's as if they get in front of the hellfire and the doors just open wide. The doors just open wide. Whereas for the believers, it's as if something is going to happen, as the ulama they say, because Allah added that well for the believers. And what is that thing some ulama they said? They said that thing is the knocking of the Prophet upon the door of Jannah. And then after that, it being opened. But as for the disbelievers, it's like they will go and the doors will open by themselves, which further will add to the torture to the disbelievers. And when they are taken towards that hellfire, it's not like, wallah, they're going to walk in comfortably. They're going to be thrown on their faces, as Allah Azza wa Jal says, يَوْمَ يُسْحَبُونَ فِي النَّارِ عَلَى وُجُوهِهِمْ ذُوقُوا مَسَّ سَقَرْ The day that they will be dragged in the fire on their faces. And it will be said to them, taste, taste the punishment of the fire and taste the torment of the fire. Allah says, بسيماهم, The polytheists, the wrongdoers, the disbelievers, the oppressors, they will be known by their marks. What are these marks? Some ulama, they said their faces being blackened. And then they will be taken by their forelocks and their legs and thrown into the fire. And I'll end with this, my brothers, because wallahi, if we want to get into the traits, the characteristics, the description of the hellfire, it needs time. 
But the point is that don't make your da'wah and don't make your journey in da'wah and in knowledge and the likes all about the positive, positive, positive. Jannah, Jannah, Jannah. Learning about this side is very important equally. As we said, the Prophet's da'wah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and all the prophets and messengers, they were balanced. And that is why it's been mentioned, عَرَفْتُ الشَّرَّ لَا لِلشَّرِّ لَكِنِ تَوَقِّيهِ وَمَنْ لَمْ يَعْرِفِ الشَّرَّ مِنَ الْخَيْرِ يَقَعُ فِيهِ I know evil. I learn evil, not because of it in and of itself, but so I can stay away from it. And whoever does not learn the evil, whoever does not know the evil from the good is bound to fall in it. So I said I'll end with this, and that is the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, where he says to Mu'adh, ummuka ya Mu'adh, may your mother be bereaved of you, O Mu'adh, wa hal nasa ala wujuhihim, aw ala manakhirihim, illa hasaidu al-sinatihim, Further emphasizing what the verse mentions, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he says to Mu'adh, and is, is anything going to be a means to cause the people to be thrown in the fire on their faces, dragged in the fire on their faces, or it's been mentioned on their noses, except that which their tongues reap, and except that which their tongues sow. So subhanAllah, my brothers, this is very important once again, that we do put this emphasis the importance on both sides, both the good and the bad, both the positive and the negative. Uh, and insha'Allah ta'ala, I'll leave it to our beloved brother who does not need any, uh, what's the word brothers, does not need any? Introduction. Alhamdulillah. Barakallahu feekum. Wallahu a'la wa a'lam wa sallillahumma wa sallim wa barik ala Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala. Jazakumullahu khair. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. I always like to start with this hadith. The Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he says, he says, none of you will enter paradise until you, until you believe, and none of you will truly believe until you love for your brother what you love for yourself. So he says, sallallahu alaihi wasallam. He says to the companions, he says, shall I tell you something that if you were to do it, that it will increase the love amongst you? So the companions obviously they replied and said, yes, our Prophet of Allah inform us. So he sallallahu alaihi wasallam he says, give salam to one another. Give salam to each other. This softens the hearts and it puts love in the hearts. So inshallah, this is two birds with one stone. If I can kindly ask everyone inshallah to stand up. Stand up, have a bit of a stretch and give salam to the brother on your left, to the brother on your right and to the brother that's behind you inshallah. Yalla, bismillah everyone. Bismillah walhamdulillah. Wassalatu wassalam ala rasulillah. All praises to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We send peace and blessings upon his beloved Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. My brothers, the Prophet, he says sallallahu alayhi wasallam. He says, he who loves to meet Allah, Allah loves to meet him. And he who hates to meet Allah, he who dislikes to meet Allah, Allah Jalla Jalalu dislikes to meet him. Allah loves to meet us, my brothers and sisters. Allah Jalla Jalalu didn't create us so he can punish us. Hasha lillah, it's unbefitting to Allah. It's unbefitting that the king of kings, the one that owns the heavens and the earths, creates a weak creation only so that he can punish him. It's not how it works, my brothers. Allah Azza wa loves us. The human is more beloved to Allah than the angels. It's the most honorable of Allah's creations. Allah didn't create us to punish us. Allah didn't create us to make things difficult. Allah gave us a deen, he gave us a sharia that to the untrained eye Please, brothers, no one to be recording, inshallah, please. To the untrained eye, 
to those who just don't know, sometimes the Sharia can come across as why? Like, why is this? Why can't I do this? Why can't I go there? Why? And then sometimes that can be understood as in, you know, brother, like this, that the deen can be difficult. But Wallah, my brothers and sisters, if you were to know, every single command of Allah is nothing but rahmah, especially the ones that you dislike. It doesn't change Allah, my brothers. If every, in fact, the Prophet, he says, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, this may even be a hadith could see, if every single one of us was to sin, if every one of us was to sin and sin until all of us became like the most toxic, the worst heart, the most, yani the biggest criminal on earth, if every human being was to sin and sin until we became like the most corrupted and the most criminal heart on earth, doesn't change Allah in the least. Doesn't change Allah. And the opposite is true. If you were to worship Allah, if we were all to worship Allah until we all became like the most pure and the most purified and the best of hearts, doesn't change Allah. Allah is the king before me, after me, during, whether I pray, I don't pray, I fast, I don't fast, I accept, I don't accept. Allah is the king. Allah owns the heavens and the earths. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't need. When Allah tells you and I, don't do this or do this or stay away from this, that's only Allah's rahmah. It's only Allah's rahmah. And Allah has created a paradise. The likes of which no eye, Allah mentions in the Quran, the likes of which no eye has ever seen, no ear has ever heard, no human mind or heart has ever imagined or can possibly comprehend. We talk about Jannah. We can mention whatever Allah has mentioned, but like you, you can never have a proper description. How? How do you describe it? Like as a human being, we need a point of reference. Like brother, if I said to you, brother, I went to some... Some island somewhere and I ate a fruit and it was the most incredible fruit I ever heard, you know, ate. Naturally, as a human being, you're going to ask me, brother, what does it look like? How do I describe it to you? So you're going to tell me, I don't know, I mean, does it look like a banana? Does it look like a... I need a point of reference. There's nothing on earth like it. How does Allah describe to this limited human being what Jannah is? How does he do it? You're limited. You're limited in your understanding. Allah says what He's created. Who did Allah create that for? Allah loves the human being, my brothers. Allah didn't create us to make things difficult. Allah wants us, and you see this again and again. Allah's rahmah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's ability to forgive. It's incomprehensible. Wallah, it's beyond imagination. Allah gives the human chances after chance. The Prophet, he says, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, it's my son, Sarani, bro, Sarani. Yeah. They told me I don't want to cuss. Lucy, I'll call you back. Don't call me, Baba. Why? Yes. <laughs> I told him, don't call me. Wallahi, I told him. Hello, watch. He's got to keep calling. Where was I, man? SubhanAllah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah's ability just to forgive, forgive the Prophet. He says, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Allah, he says, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He says, when one of you commits a sin, Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala writes one sin. But whenever you, but when any one of you does a good deed, Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala writes down 10 and he multiplies it. Allah doesn't plus. Yani, it's not like if you did one good deed, Allah gives you 10 and then Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala pluses more. Allah multiplies. Who does that? 
10 multiplied by 700 by th- Allah multiplies, Allah multiplies. You do one bad, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives you one sin. You do one good deed, the minimum you get is 10. So why is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doing that? So many doors for forgiveness. Sometimes you're not even conscious of it. You say, Astaghfirullah, Allah forgives you. You make wudu, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives your sins. You make salah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives your sins. You come to the masjid and you pray in jama'ah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives your sins. You attend the Jum'ah prayer, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives your sins. You sit in a gathering where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned, Wallahi, I don't understand. Even if you had no intention on being here, I'm sure there's someone he he got caught up and he couldn't say no and it's just awkward for him and he's and he's like his manum sadda empty and this whole thing finishes so he can get out of here. Even him, oh Allah, it's actually mentioned in the hadith. The angels say, Oh Allah, but there's a man who has no intention. Allah says, even him, I forgive him. Simply because he was in the gathering. Allah doesn't Allah hasn't created us to make things difficult or to punish. It's unbefitting to Allah. Again and again, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives sins, forgives sins. He says, oh my slave, if you came to me, if you came to me and your sins have reached the heavens, the heavens, not well, I want to, your sins have reached the heavens, but you don't associate partners, you don't associate partners with me and you ask me for forgiveness, I will come to you and I will match you with mercy that match your sins. Allah wants you, my brother. My sister, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants you. Allah azza wa jal loves you. Hashalillah, Allah is above any example. Like any father here. Does, like, no father consciously wants to make his child's life difficult. No one does that. And you young brother, how do you imagine yourself as a father? How? As a good guy, I want to make things easy for my son. I want to give him the best. Naturally, like all good people think like this. If my son came to me, right, like this kaki here, if he came to me now and he asked me, well, you know, like he's only six. So if he said to me, Dad, you know what, 12 o'clock at night, I want to go run on the street, do I let him go? So why are you being difficult for? But don't you want your son to be happy? But don't you want him to prosper? But don't you want him to have a good time? And so now you're thinking, about, come on, brother, you've got to be reasonable. Yeah, that's exactly right. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says to me, don't do this, it's not because Allah doesn't need. But when Allah tells me, don't do this, it's because He cares for me. Allah wants the best for me. Even and especially when I don't know what's good for me. So when my son tells me, you know, Dad, I want to go to the city on a Saturday night and well, I want to go have fun. And he's only 13, 14 years of age. Naturally, as any sound father, what are you going to say to him? Brother, you're going nowhere. You're going nowhere. Not because I don't want you to have fun. Not because I didn't raise... No one raised his son so he can make him miserable. That's not the point. You've raised your son, you want him to be the best. But when I say to him as a responsible adult, when I say to him, you're not going there, that's because I know what you don't know. So you turn around and say to me, oh, what, brother? But then you trust me, dad? Don't you trust my friends? Don't, brother, it's not... And sometimes what I need to say is beyond your comprehension. But nevertheless, it doesn't change my stance. You're not going. Allah wants what's best for us. Allah, Allah, Allah yearns to see us, my brothers. Allah loves to meet His slave. He's created you. Every single heartbeat of yours, every time your heart beats, beats, He needs permission. Now who gives it that permission? 
Every blink of your eye takes permission from Allah. Who gives it to it? Why? Because he hates you? Brother, not last week. Last night, every single one of us was dead. We were dead. Sleep is the minor death. What's the dua we, we, we make when we wake up? First thing you say, obviously, it's like with anything. We praise Allah. Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, alladhi. All thanks and all glory be to the one who did what? Ahiyano gave me life. Ba'dama, after, bro, we were all dead. Ba'dama amatana. Every one of us was dead last night. Tab, who gave you life? Was it your money? Was it your mother, your father, your know-how, your mates, your business? What was it that gave me life? Allah. Why? Because he hates me? No, my brothers. Allah Azawajal, he loves the human being. He loves him. Especially the Muslim. He who loves to meet Allah, Allah loves to meet him. A man killed 99 people. 99. Look, you, most of you know the hadith. What does Allah want? Really, let's get to that. What does Allah want? That you make an effort. See, like there's not, it's not some, it's, make an effort. That's all Allah wants. A genuine effort. My slave, if you come to me a hand span, I come to you an arm's length. Who talk? My slave, if you come to me walking, I come to you running. Does this sound like a Lord that wants to punish me? The man killed 99 people. Authentic hadith. 99 people. But like, what sort of individual do you have to be for that? Nine. And the number was specific. There are soldiers in war who don't kill that many people. Anyway, most of you know the story. So something enters his heart. He's yearning for Allah. So he goes to the people. He says, you know, can I make tawbah? So the people say to him, look, you know, there's a righteous man. Go to him, ask him. He goes to the man. He says, look, I've killed 99 people. The guy says, 99? He couldn't comprehend the figure. He says to him, brother, no way Allah can forgive you. No way. So to show you the ruthlessness of the man, he kills him too. Like, bro, that's your latif, man. Like he killed, like he, he, he didn't kill a guy who challenged him or you know, swore at his sister. No, no, but the guy's a abid. He killed a abid. He killed a man who's a pious. A, and, and, and simply because he didn't like his fatwa. Bro, imagine this guy was in the area now. It's madness. Anyway, so now after a hundred, look, but look, what's the key? No, here, there's a, there's a sincerity, man. There's a genuine sincerity. After a hundred, he still wants Allah. Anyway, uh, it's not the point. I wish I can dissect the story. Anyway, he ends up going to a scholar. And that's the difference. So he goes to a scholar, says, look, I've killed a hundred. Can Allah forgive me? The scholar turns around and says to my brother, who can stand between you and the forgiveness of Allah? Who? But this is where things get interesting. There's not a man or woman in this building today in the house... I'm, I'm sure I don't need to ask. I already know. Every single one of us want Allah. And every one of us wants change. And every one of us wants to make it. I, wallahi, I get it. But what's the difference? What's the difference between us and this guy? 
Like honestly, do I need to ask anyone here, their brother, do you want to be a hafiz of the Quran? Really, do you? Like you look at me and say, come on man. Every one of us here would wish to be. What an honor. But what's the difference? What's the difference between you and I and the hafiz of the Quran? <coughs> so he says to him, but my brother, yeah, Allah can forgive. He says to him, but look, and this is it right here. He says, but in order for you to complete your tawbah, and if you, he says to him, brother, you need to leave this town. You need to leave. You're surrounded by corrupted people here. You need to leave this town and you need to go to a place where there's good people and they will help you and they will assist you towards your tawbah. And that's it right there. We want forgiveness. We want change. But I'm not prepared to pack up and leave. Now this doesn't necessarily mean I need to leave my area. Brother, you're not prepared to leave your friends. You're not prepared to change your ways. You're not prepared to change your surroundings. You're not prepared to give up your haram earning. Brother, I'm not prepared. But I want Allah's forgiveness. Yeah, but it doesn't work like that. So this man being true and genuine, he packs his bags, he's on the way to the town of forgiveness. Wallahi, read the hadith, it's incredible. On the way, Allah takes his life. So the angels of mercy come down and the angels of punishment come down and then there's a dispute. The angels of punishment say, now hang on, this, this man's ruthless, he's killed a hundred people. So the angels of mercy trying to argue on his behalf. They said, yeah, he killed a hundred, but he's making tawbah. The angels of, of, of said, no, 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 he was on the way to tawbah. He didn't complete it. So it was a genuine discussion. So Allah Azza wa Jal, he sends down a third to be a judge between the, three, between the two. He says to so them, measure the distance of the earth. If he's closer to the town of sin, then let the angels of punishment take him. And, he's closer to the sound of, and if he's closer to the town of good, well then let those angels take him. So they measure the distance, unfortunately for him, he was closer to the town of sin. This is a man that killed a hundred people. Allah Azza wa orders the earth to change its dimensions. Allah threw physics, science, mother nature, whatever, you, Allah threw it all out of the window. None of it applied, none. A man who killed a hundred people, Allah changed the world. He moved the dynamics, the physical existence. Allah Azza wa changed the dimensions of the earth and made him what? One hand span to the town of good. And he said to the angels, take him. The angels of mercy, take him. It's a man who killed a hundred. He who loves to meet Allah, Allah loves to meet him. So in short, my brother, what does Allah want from us? Just genuine steps. No luggage. No luggage. We all want Allah, but there's luggage. Wallah, brother, you know, look, I really want to change, but this, but that. All right, so what do you, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like, what do you, what do I say to you? That luggage is weighing us so, it's weighing us down from things that, Beyond comprehensible, bro. Allah, just make a move. Wait, one genuine move, bro. And watch and see what Allah will do. But it needs to be unconditional. One thing, bro. One step towards Allah. That's all you need to do. Allah loves you.
I'm not saying that because I'm trying to win your hearts. Allah, Allah, Allah loves you genuinely. You know, my brothers, when you say, Ya Rabb, you don't know what's happening in the heavens. A slave called upon his master. You might think, yeah, but brother, not me. Why not you, Akhi? Why? Why not you? Wallah, brother, you don't know, man. Wallah. And that's, you know, Wallah, my brothers, this isn't a level of Iman. This is just Shaitan. Brother, I'm, you know, understand, bro. Like, oh, Allah, I've got so much sins, and I've got so much shortcomings, I've done so much muharramat. This isn't a level of faith. This is just shaitan who's clouding us. That's all. I challenge any man to stand, any man, stand here if you're free from sin. I don't care how big your beard is. Go. I challenge you. You can't, bro. No one. We've, bro, we've all got sins. That's why we need Allah Azza wa Jal. Because I'm not perfect, bro. No one is. Make a move. Make, take a genuine step to Allah. Tonight. Now. One istighfar, bro. One genuine from the heart. Ya Allah, forgive me my sins. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives. Allah loves to forgive. My brothers, we need to make this move. Why? Ramadan's around the corner. Look, if you ever wanted a sign of Allah's love, just look and see where you are. It's a Friday night. Of all the places on earth, look where you are. Do you think that's coincidence? I'm asking you sincerely. Do you think that's coincidence? With all your flaws and all your mistakes and all of your sins. You and I as Muslims, do we believe in coincidence? A Muslim doesn't believe in coincidence. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does Like you can't say you are a coincidence. What do you mean bro? 50,000 years before Allah created the heavens... Everything is the, one of the pillars of Iman is to what? Is to believe in the decree of Allah. Khayrihi wa sharrihi, the good and the bad. Everything is decreed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So you're here tonight, why? You might think, oh, well, brother, because my mate texted me or, uh, you know, I seen Sheikh Fulan's name and... There's, no, bro, you're here because Allah Azza wa Jal loves you and, subhanahu wa ta'ala, and Allah invited you to his house. And look where he's sitting on a Friday night. There's a million places you can be right now. The most beloved places to Allah Azza wa Jal on earth are what? A what? His houses, bro, his houses. Not only did Allah allow you to come, He allowed you to sit in a gathering where He's mentioned. Authentic, wallah, authentic ahadith, authentic narrations. There are angels who their only job is to, you know, is to fly around the earth. They're in the heavens, their only job is to fly around the earth and to look for any gatherings where Allah is mentioned. Then when the angels find these gatherings, they start calling upon one another. So the angels start calling upon other angels and they say, look, we found what we've been looking for. And then, he's, and then he mentions, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he says in the hadith, and then the angels, they come to any gathering where Allah is being mentioned, and the angels, they start stacking upon one another. They start stacking up upon one another until they reach the head of commotion. Wallah, my brothers, I'm not. This is authentic hadith. There's a commotion in the heavens. This is why as a Muslim... It's Iman, belief in the unseen. Everyone and anywhere in the world, they tell you seeing is believing. This doesn't apply to the Muslim. We believe in the unseen. You have to have complete conviction and Iman that this is happening right now. Not because I said so. Allah, Because it's an authentic hadith from the Prophet ﷺ. Right now in this masjid, you, the one who thinks I'm a sinner and I'm this and I'm that and you don't know. And you right now. There are angels that are stacked upon one another and they've reached the heavens and there's a commotion. So Allah Azza wa Jal, He calls upon the angels. Of course He knows. 
He calls upon the angels, he says to them, what's going on? So the angels say, Ya Allah, there's a group of people that have gathered, they've sat, and they're remembering you. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and why have they sat? And they said, Ya Allah, they've sat to remember you, to glorify you. And then Allah says to the angels, and what do they want? The angels say, Ya Allah, they're asking. They're asking protection from your Jahannam. Allah says, have they seen my Jahannam? They say, no. He says, what if they were to see it? He says, Ya Allah, they would ask for it more. He says, what else do they want? He says, Ya Allah, they're asking for your Jannah. He says, have they seen my Jannah? They say, no, Ya Allah. He says, what if they were to see my Jannah? They say, Ya Allah, then they would ask for more. And then Allah Azza wa Jalla says to them, and, then, and what else? What is it that they're asking for? You've been sitting here for the last hour and a half. You probably didn't ask for a single thing. The angels are doing this on your behalf. That's, and then the angels say, Ya Allah, they're asking for your forgiveness. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, let it be known that I have forgiven every one of them their sins. And I have granted them what they're seeking from me. There are angels in this gathering, they're rubbing their, they're rubbing their wings against your shoulders. Brother, if that's not love, I don't know what is. If that's not a sign that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants you, then brother, wallahi, I don't know what you're looking for. Brother, your name, sister, your na- by name, by name, you, you, your name was mentioned by an angel to Allah. Me? Brother, wallahi, yeah, you. With all your flaws and all your mistakes. Yeah, by name, Allah mentioned you by name tonight. So my brothers, wallah, Allah azza wa jal loves us. What does Allah want? Make a genuine move. Any one genuine, sincere step towards Allah. Don't delay. Wallahi, don't delay. Ramadan's around the corner. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, and I'll end with this, لَإِن شَكَرْتُمْ I love this verse. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, لَإِن شَكَرْتُمْ And if you were to show me gratefulness, and shukr and thankfulness, Allah says, and if you thank me for the blessings I've given you, what does Allah do in return? Allahu Akbar, لَأَزِيدَنَّكُمْ then I will grant you more. You thank Allah and Allah gives you more. So Allah, my brothers and sisters, make that effort. Take a step towards Allah. No luggage. No fear. The Prophet, he says, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, anyone who gives up anything for Allah, Allah will replace that thing with something far greater. It's not easy, but you've got to make a move. نسأل الله عز وجل أن يغفر للمؤمنين والمؤمنات الأحياء منهم والأموات ويعسك الله عز وجل to have mercy upon the believers wherever they are wherever they're in need. Allah be with them, help them, aid them, support them, unite their hearts and our hearts. May Allah subhanahu wa taala reward all of the brothers and sisters. Sheikh Khalid is he here? He's not here. Ah, he's in Auburn. May Allah subhanahu wa taala reward the brothers and the committee of this masjid for the invitation. May Allah subhanahu wa taala reward you all for coming in. This program was presented by Al Bayan Radio. The voice of Ahlus Sunnah wal Jama'ah.